Hello there, and welcome to what is going to be the first in hopefully a many-part introduction to this podcast, uh, which is a JRE review. It's a weekly recap of uh, the Jerry podcast covering the many, many hours that Joe Rogan uh, throws down each week. Uh, God bless him. He's a hardworking motherfucker, that guy. And, uh, you know, as a fan and as somebody that's listened to the podcast for a long time, and I'm sure as many of you listeners are, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to the recap show of another show, um, you know, you have questions. And uh, all I'm trying to do is just dive a little deeper. Um, throw out some questions that I have when I listen to it and uh, maybe answer some for you guys and uh, eventually get some um, people on that are also fans of the podcast and have their own questions and and, uh, just want to talk about uh, what they enjoyed for that week, uh, which is a cool thing. There's a lot of hours here and uh, why not talk about it? And I've been a fan since almost the beginning. I've listened to Joe's podcast since about 2010, which is, I think, only a year after he started. Um, And uh, I've had periods where I've dropped in and out, but for the last three or four years, I don't think I've missed one. Uh, It's just great. It's a big part of my listening life, and uh, I wanted to share how I feel about it with you guys and have you guys do the same, give everyone a voice and um, go from there. So we're starting um, this week for, what is this? It is June 1st, so we cover last week. Uh, starting with Donnie Vincent on podcast uh, 1122. Donnie, another fantastic hunter, great outdoorsman, uh, a real man's man, fascinating guy biologist, conservationist, environmentalist. This touches close to me and my heart because I love the outdoors. It's it's something else to get out there. I, I remember being really pumped when Joe first started talking about bow hunting, I think back in like 2012 or 13. He actually headed out with a person that I know, Dan Doty, who's been on the podcast a few times and uh, he's close to some some good friends of mine. That's who we first went out with, with Brian Callen and, and did some hunting and had a great time and just fell in love with it. And that was when I knew, okay, this podcast is going to start taking a really interesting turn. They're going to start having some great hunters on, some great outdoorsmen, and he has. I mean, you name it. It's uh, Cameron Haynes and... Steve Ranello. I mean, the, the list just goes on. Uh, Adam Greentree. Uh, that guy's a wild animal for sure. So having Donnie Vincent on there too is just great. A lot of men's men, you know, that show up on these things. I, I think that's why in so many ways people love listening to his podcast. I mean, it just it just shows you what that is, you know, in so many ways to be a man. And, you know, men are looking for that. Maybe they didn't have the best guidance. Maybe they didn't have a great dad. Maybe they just didn't have uh, the, the kind of, I sense, you know, in a sense, the help you need growing up, figuring out who you are. 
this is a great guide. And, uh, and yeah, I think getting out to the outdoors for so many reasons is incredibly beneficial. Uh, and listening to Donnie's stories about his hunting, his love, his passion for the outdoors, how he believes that what he's doing with his contribution to hunting really helps conservation. Because I, it's millions, probably billions of dollars that hunters give to um, um, the environment uh, through paying for tags. And that money then, of course, is used for keeping the habitats of these animals in good shape. It's why I think the U.S. has some of the best hunting habitat available. It's so well looked after. And without this money, um, you know, the, the environmentalists would realize very quickly that, oh, wait a minute, we can't afford to keep these habitats in the conditions that the hunters do. So they get a bad rap, but that's that. I mean, it's, it's like many of these things. Is why he talks about this, because he needs... Joe needs to get that voice out there that there's something else going on and people need to learn about it. It's not just a bunch of hillbillies shooting up animals. That's not what it's about. It's it's about respect and it's about getting out to nature and and really, you know, touching your hands to the earth and seeing what it takes to find an animal and use your tag your one kill to practice and take it out and then honor it in that sense and keep the meat keep it and eat it i don't know how many of you out there have tried wild game type meat but man it's something else it's special uh joe always posts pictures of his elk that he has online and uh on Instagram and so on, and I'm sure you guys follow it. It looks delicious, and I'm sure it is great. And that Axis deer that he's always banging on about that he caught in Hawaii, man, I want to try that. i got to get me an Axis deer one of these days. Uh, just absolutely fascinating. So hopefully Donnie will get back on soon. I'm sure he will. He's always rotating between... Uh, different hunters and I, and I love having them on because it's it's just really exciting to hear about about you know what is going on with it and it just inspires me it inspires me to get out there and you know put in for a tag and learn more about nature and and you know fill my freezer up with with me too I have so many friends that go do it and I get really jealous when I hear about the uh, deer that they got or the elk that they have and how much meat that they've got from it and i'm just like man gotta get me some of that next up uh the next one was uh podcast eleven twenty three. kevin smith first off i just want to say thank you to god or any higher power for not killing kevin smith god bless him about three months ago he had a heart attack took him out and, uh, um, yeah, he's made it through that, changed his diet, eating kind of vegan-ish, as I think he was talking about. Um, just cleaning it up and being mindful and understanding that these things don't go on forever. And he had a really great perspective on 
kind of how he feels now about the afterlife. I've been a huge fan of Kevin Smith through the Silent J and Bob days for, God, forever. I mean, when did Clerks come out? 95, possibly? I don't know. Maybe it wasn't that early, but great movie. So many since then have been fantastic and and just, yeah. I mean, his love for comic books and all the rest of it. I wasn't huge into comic books as a kid, but... I remember seeing how much he was into it and how a lot of his movies kind of followed um, characteristics from parts about it that he loved. And it and it stoked a bit of a curiosity. And then I paid attention to some things. And then, of course, once all the, the Marvel movies started to pop up, I was slightly more familiar with the characters and a little bit more into the whole idea of it. And not that it took that to make those movies take off. Those movies were huge, beyond belief. I mean, they're ridiculous. But it, it gave me an extra bit of respect for it. I think definitely with the Thor movie. I don't think I would have taken that one seriously at first, but, but uh, Kevin Smith certainly helped to, to get that up. And, and just, ah, it's comedy. I mean, more rats. If you guys haven't seen that movie for a while, I I challenge you now, go back and watch it. It's great. It's just one of those that's just absolutely hilarious on so many levels. And, uh, yeah, really, really cool. It's also very funny that it was one of Ben Affleck's first movies and now he's Batman, which I think is pretty cool because uh, Kevin Smith always really liked the Batman character uh, when it definitely is Silent J character did um, but anyway good for kevin thank you for hanging in there and and not dying of a heart attack you, you're too valuable we need you here uh it was a great podcast though seeing joe and kevin's friendship um and how they were talking about just seeing each other and wanting to do more podcasts together i hope they do really good podcast hilarious and they, yeah, they just crack me up, those two together, just having a lot of fun. It's, uh, and, and it got emotional too. Kevin and Joe were talking about a dog that they had, a puppy that they both had, and their dog's dying. Joe got a bit um, worked up talking about his friend who's a veterinarian who passed away got hit by a drunk driver, good friend of his, and then also the, a puppy that he had that had distemper that was having seizures. Uh, it was an emotional moment. I think that was probably the most emotional I've heard Joe on a podcast. I can't be sure. There's a lot of podcasts. But that was really emotional. And Kevin in the same way, talking about his dog, um, Smolder, because he named his pets um, Scully and Mulder after the X-Files. And Mulder was just i think it was a lab i think he said black lab maybe and uh he was very close to it and he had to put it down and it was tough and just really difficult and you know a lot of this podcast was a theme around to death i guess i mean it it was stemming from the talk of kevin's heart attack and worked into some other things and it's you know it's nice to get that real humanity from people to get the real feeling of of like just where they are with it and how emotionally connected they are to to things and and yeah it was sad it was sad it is sad to lose a pet nobody likes that especially a puppy you know puppies and kittens shouldn't die ever right they just shouldn't 
but it was great. I I love them talking about the stand up too. Just knowing how long they've done it for. They've both done their stand up now for about thirty years, and uh, I think Joe is was primarily more focused on stand up. I don't know how focused Kevin has been, but he did his first open mics and things way back when Joe about when Joe was starting too. And listening to that progression and how things have changed and how hard they have to work. It's such a grueling task to do and keep pushing through. And, you know, in a lot of ways, I the way, especially the way Joe talks, they kind of talk about it like, you know, they take for granted how difficult it was because they're so far past that now. They've done it so many thousands of times that any difficulty is so normalized that how difficult can it be? But uh, you got to give them props. I don't know who out there has tried doing stand-up comedy. I have. It's uh, yeah, it's about as brutal as it gets. Uh, Joe even talked about that. He did talk about how the scared, the most scared he ever was in his life, was when the first time he went to do go up and do stand-up. And I have to agree with that. I think that it was the single biggest fear of my life too. And that's a very important thing to get across. And, and it's something that Joe is very good at, is not making light of his success and who he is and these things, but, but clearly explaining, listen, I used to not do things well, and now I do things better because I worked hard at it and I practiced. Nothing was free. He had to bomb a lot of times. His jokes were terrible, but they got better because he kept working at it. And that's the same thing with anything. And it's important to know, you know, sometimes we see these very successful people and we think, well, they're just successful, but I'm not going to be. My life sucks. Nah, bullshit. Practice. Practice. Chunking, right? Have you ever heard of this expression, chunking? It's when you put small pieces of something together and you watch the improvement. So instead of saying, I'm going to be the greatest comedian of all time, and then that's the only way you do it, you stop and you say, I'm going to write one joke today. And you write that one joke. Then you say, I'm going to write two jokes today. Then you write two jokes. Well, between those two days, you have three jokes. Then the next day, maybe you say, I'm going to tell those jokes to a friend of mine or to a few friends of mine and then make them laugh. As long as you keep with that kind of progression and don't stop, eventually you'll find that you have five minutes, three minutes of whatever material and you're ready to do an open mic. Sure, each bit along the way is hard, a little stressful, but what's the alternative? Not doing anything? Just regretting it forever? I mean, there's some real joys that you can gain from from achieving those sorts of things, from pushing and achieving and, and getting through it. Um, yeah, so, but anyway, always great to have Kevin on. Huge fan of him. I can't wait for him to be back on uh, for more. And, um, oh, yeah, and lastly, the, yeah, they talked about the Roseanne thing. I, you know, I've got mixed feelings about that. It's, it's weird. Definitely what she said was outrageous, right? And, and in so many ways, for those of you that, that uh, aren't 100% sure, Roseanne tweeted something about a lady that was clearly racist because she talked about, it was like Planet of the Apes combined with like a Muslim. Or I don't know the tweet exactly, but it was messed up and it was towards an African-American lady. Well, Roseanne comes out later and says, I didn't know that she was even black. I just thought that she looked silly and she might be Jewish and blah, blah, blah. Well, ABC, I believe, canceled a show immediately. So Roseanne was being watched by everyone. They rebooted the 1980s show that she had. 
And uh, that's it. Cancelled her. Boom. Done. As fast as that. She's fired. They're done. I feel bad for all the team. I know Whitney Cummings was working on that show. God bless her. Working so hard. A lot of the old cast members came back. And, you know, I'm sure plenty of them haven't been working for a long time. It was just, you know, it was sad how it all went down. But she said that she, I think, was using Ambient, the sleep pill. And uh, just kind of drinking, you know, lost her mind for a minute. Sent something awful. Um, I think my mixed feelings are really like, number one, we are willing to destroy people instantly these days. You say one thing out of line, boom, you're done. Hmm. Can we have some wiggle room? I think so. I think so. I think forgiveness, too, is, is something that we need to learn. You know, we all do. Everyone. It's hard to forgive, and this is an not an example of forgiveness in any way. We're not we're not learning that now. Is this the time to do it? I don't know, but it should be open to it. It should always be a part of who we are to consider the. <laughs> I mean, it's comical. It makes me laugh. It, 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 forgiveness should always be in there. There always should be room for it. Okay. Um, otherwise, nobody's learning, right? What's anyone learning if it's just straight to hate? Hate builds hate. It's just not the way. That's not a smart move. Uh, could they have continued the show without her? Yes, I believe so. And was that would that have been fair to everyone else? And, you know, is this then fair across the board? I mean, other people have said and done pretty awful things, and they're either on TV or things continue, reruns are made. So it's it's hard to know the best way to deal with it. But, uh, you know, Kevin had some good points. He, he Joe brought up the fact that one of his friends made a meal uh, one night while on Ambient and didn't even know. And Kevin threw out the, yeah, but did he also say or do anything racist? Which is an interesting point, right? I mean, it's one thing to not know kind of what you're doing, but to jump out with a, with a with a racist attack on Twitter is yeah it's a it's a little far fetched. I mean, what are you gonna say next? You suddenly have Tourette's. It's a tough one. I don't know where she's at with it. Uh, sounds like she was exhausted, overworked. That's a, a TV show is a lot to do for a sixty year old lady. That is a lot of work. I mean, for sure. But there we go. That's how it goes, right? She'll figure it out. She's Roseanne. She's rich. She doesn't She doesn't need to be working anyway. Maybe this was a terrible idea for her. But uh, forgiveness, people. Let's think about it. Let's uh, be willing to forgive sometimes. Or make them earn it back. I don't know. I feel like Louis C.K. will be back eventually after his masturbation scandal. And uh, we've got to have room for forgiveness for that. I'd hate to miss a lifetime of his comedy as a result of, of that. I feel like humanity needs to laugh and, you know, we give him shit for a while and, and he'll work his way back in there. Anyway, next up, uh, podcast 1124, Robert um, Shock. So this guy's great. Now, I've seen him on uh, the Egyptian shows and the ancient aliens type shows for many years. And... Uh, he always seemed like one of the more credible, more intelligent people that are on those shows. I know they got some real quacks on there. God bless them. <clears throat> but 
But what he brings to the table is some real credibility because he's a tenured professor at Boston University, which is legit. He is a geologist, so he really knows about weathering and those things. And when when he went to see the Sphinx, within just a few minutes, um, and he was who was the other guy's name? John Anthony West. Yeah, who was another Egyptologist and fascinating guy, really interesting guy. Brought uh, Robert to to Egypt to look at the Sphinx and and very quickly realized, wait, these are erosion patterns from water. Rain, rivers, whatever, huge, um, you know, storm, rains. And, and that wasn't happening in Egypt to like nine, ten thousand BC, which massively predates when they think the Sphinx was there. If you don't find that fascinating, I don't know what's wrong with you. Because wowza, that, that, I don't care what I'm doing. If I hear that out of the corner of my ear and I've never heard it before, my head's going up. And I want to know what the hell everyone's talking about. The amazing thing about this to me and what they pulled on is how the Egyptologists just deny the findings. They don't care. They don't give a shit. They're like, what? Now, why is that? You know, probably because they're selling books that they don't want to rewrite. Or they don't want to be wrong. Fine, right? Who doesn't want to be wrong? But ask some questions. I mean, the facts might be that you are wrong. What would be the point of being looking right but actually being wrong in the reality, in the true reality of it? Just living a perpetual lie. It's not adding anything to us. It's not helping us understand. There's so many questions, too, with the pyramids and why they were built and how they were built. If we basing all our understandings of it on top of information that is wrong because we refuse to reevaluate and look at it. Maybe that's why we have so few answers. Because think about it. We build on top of answers. That's how we put a picture together. But if we're putting all the pieces in in the wrong order, the picture's not going to, the jigsaw's never going to come out right. We won't know what it is. We'll be like, what the fuck is that? A lighthouse? A bridge? A donkey? You can't tell. The pieces are all in the wrong order. So the fact that he pushes as hard as he does, um, you know, for the credibility that he brings to the table and uh, the questions that he asks, I, you know, I have to give him a lot of respect because that's, that's a tough, tough path to follow. And it's great that Joe gave him a voice, you know, a whole three hours to sit down. I feel like this guy could have talked for a day. He's so passionate about what he was doing and, and, yeah, it was wild. He talks a lot. The really cool thing that I thought was when he was talking about the pottery and how, in fact, there's like the early Egyptian era and the late Egyptian era. So, so the late era is actually closer to our time. And as time progressed, they actually got worse at making pots and worse at building the pyramids. It's almost like they were losing the technology. Well, when you think of the time scale that Robert's putting down, 10,000 BC, and then they're building the, the Great Pyramids like 2,000 BC, well, that's 8,000 years. Like Information could be lost during that time if there's some real cataclysms and, and maybe big fires that burn some libraries and just generally the, guild, um, the guilds 
which which are organizations that keep knowledge secret so it's not to be stolen by your enemies those sort of things i mean that's possible and that's fascinating to me that the older you go back the better quality their craftsmanship is when they were talking about the the granite bowls and the other what was the other type of material called um just very very hard rock very hard stone that they've meticulously and carefully crafted into these bowls and and vases so where you have narrow openings but then it opens wider inside and all had to be like craft you know scraped or picked out of there phenomenal it's almost like how could we even do that today and you know just more the old questions about pyramids that are fascinating like if they place x amount of stones a day 15 to, you know two ton stones it still would have taken this many um hundreds of years to build it i mean just it's fascinating it's so easy for us to take it for granted that those incredible things are out there and we're just like oh yeah there they are that's we once did that but how the fuck we did that is truly phenomenal and these questions are what will get us there you know, if we don't ask questions like this, hard questions, questions that maybe Egyptologists don't like the sound of, if we don't ask those, we're never going to get any closer. We're just going to just accept these silly ideas of, oh, yeah, we just rolled the stones on rocks and they did it quickly. I mean, it's, we need more than that. So God bless you, brother. Get back on the podcast. They were talking at the end about him getting uh, some funding. Maybe or or trying to build some funding to put a documentary together and and get some more knowledge out there. Hopefully he does. I I'd love to watch it. That be that would be fantastic. All right. Next on the bill, eleven twenty five. Candice Owens. What a spunky young lady she was. Full of energy, and uh, possibly Adderall. No, I'm just joking. But d- definitely some coffees. She was excited. She had a lot to say. Um, you know, she didn't identify herself as a Republican. She identified herself as, um, an independent, but she certainly leans on the side of right-wing ideologies. Um, you know, definitely not far right, but she's right. You know, second amendment she likes and the abortion thing, she is not down with abortion. Um, she, she had some more progressive and liberal thoughts. Like she, she believed that gay marriage should be, um, recognized by the government. You know, that's only fair and they should get the tax breaks and, and these sorts of things. But, uh, freedom of speech is very big for her. She does not like what is happening at the moment with the, uh, like the liberal right wing kind of zazzy pronoun stuff that's happening. I mean, a lot of people don't, but they think that the invasion of uh, people's freedom to speak is, is a big problem. And, uh, you know, I have to be with her on that too. I, it, it just seems nuts. Like we just need to, 
relax, calm down a little bit. There's just too much hate coming out of this. It's a disaster. I mean, it just brings us back to uh, uh, the whole forgiveness thing again. Let's forgive people. Um, and, you know, Joe was really enjoying the conversation. I mean, he talked about how, um, obviously, uh, Cameron Haynes was a big fan of hers. And, uh, you know, she's like a Republican wet dream, being African-American, young, smart, strong opinions. I mean, Fox News is, is just all over her. And, uh, you know, it makes sense that they're going to be excited. Um, it got heated at the end, too. Joe was really pushing her about her stance on global warming. She didn't believe in it. And he really pushed her. And it was it was kind of tense, but it was still a fun, you know, discussion but really it just came down to the fact that joe was saying if you don't know about it why say you don't believe why not just say you don't know and she was really strong to just hold that position and i think that it's just important to tick that box when you lean on the more right-wing side of things like you have to be strong about not believing in it but again i think that what joe was saying is when you have a lot of people listening to you when you're a big influencer what you say matters and people will believe you. Like we kind of outsource a lot of our knowledge to people that we follow. We just hope that they know better than us and we're willing to follow them. And it's, it's an efficient way of going about things. Problem is when they really don't know either, I think that it would be better. And, and I'm sure Joe, that was the point he was making, was basically just saying it's better just to say you don't know. I don't know yet. I haven't fully studied this. She kept saying this This isn't the hill I would die on. Like, this isn't the platform I would make that I would collapse under, you know, but this is just what I believe. Well, it, the question there for me then is if you're willing to believe or not believe in something that you don't know a ton about, what else do you believe in that you don't know a ton about? You know what I mean? It, I just felt like it took a bit of credibility away from her because it just shows that so many of the other things she was talking about were really well-placed, well-put-together, sounded well-read, well-researched. And, you know, that's how I was assuming she puts all her ideas together. But possibly she doesn't. Possibly she makes a stand on something and then and then fills in that information around it. Who knows? This is just an assumption. But that's the kind of thing that I opened up. But I also think that during that discussion, gave her a chance. She's young, you know, I think she's 28, 29. It gave her a chance to just kind of maybe reevaluate how she perceives things. And maybe she'll look into some things more. And I'm not saying whether I agree either way on global warming or whatever, but I certainly shouldn't have a voice. I don't know shit about it, you know. But if a lot of scientists believe in it, like Joe was saying, it might be something to think about, you know, overwhelmingly, you know, most of them believe in it, there might be something there, something to reevaluate. I mean, it's certainly dangerous just to agree with like 90 plus percent of all um, scientists. That seems like a very strange thing. What I did like about her, though, is the way that she got into position. So she's only recently become a Republican uh, or, you know, leaning left, uh, leaning right, sorry. And uh, a lot of this kind of came from being bullied you know when she was in school she was bullied she had some prank phone calls from some people that she knew and or younger brothers of people that she knew and there were a lot of racist remarks and then she saw how really those people were just ostracized and 
she was held up as like the martyr for for this whole cause and and it 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 just really changed her understanding of some important points of how she sees society and and that you know again forgiveness could be should play more of a role in it you know i mean the some of the kids that call her were young one i think the youngest was 14 it doesn't take away from the actions it was clearly racist and and hateful but you know maybe they were being dumb and for her to say that i thought was very wise and very grown up and really impressive and uh, you know what she was talking about with the lady calling her from twitter saying you don't want to oust the um the the trolls online because they come after you and then it looked like this lady had come after her directly that stuff was wild wild and i believe people are out there like that They're lunatics real lunatics that just want to play the victim and get all the sympathy from it and get all the um attention but i didn't think candace was that at all she was doing the complete opposite and that's a great thing and and you know i hope to hear more from her i'm kind of i'm kind of intrigued about who she is and and where she's going with her path of things i mean i'm sure there's plenty of things i won't agree with her on uh, but still a cool guest it's great to be open to these people and generally a great week so um yeah give me some feedback throw some questions down um comment and if uh, if if you have questions coming up or, or like um me to follow kind of like a new line of analysis for for each week's um program uh let me know let me know and if you're in the la area always hit me up uh, it'd be great to have guests that are fans that keep up with the podcast and have some things to say and you know it saves me some time then i don't have to talk all the time on my own but (laughs) anyway cheers and uh talk to you next week thanks folks bye